Hello, and welcome to Trending Peoria. I'm your host and proud Peoria Unified alumna, Sarah Meredith, and I'm so eager to take you on this journey as we learn more about the importance of public education and the amazing work our staff do every day to ensure every student is prepared to not only meet tomorrow, but to help shape it as well. What's currently trending in Peoria Unified? Ensuring our students are prepared to shape tomorrow. One of Peoria Unified's strategic perspectives focuses on student success in creating a rigorous curriculum that meets the needs of our 21st century students. Today, I am joined by our director of our award-winning career and technical education department, Barb Coakley, and Peoria Unified alum, who many of you have heard from before, Ms. Sylvia Lopez, who is currently in her first semester at Arizona State University, studying to be an industrial engineer. Welcome, Barb. We are so excited to have you here today talking about CTE and the work that it does to help prepare our students for the future. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your new role in our CTE department? Sure. Um, thanks for having me today. Uh, as the CTE director in the Peoria Unified School District, I have oversight for the 25 different career and technical education programs that we have in our district, which includes things like accounting, culinary, uh, automation and robotics, welding, um, to name a few. Uh, additionally, we have uh, the seventh and eighth grade technology and life careers exploratory program, which is designed to provide um, opportunities for students to begin exploring career pathways and develop critical um, technology and professional skills to prepare them for both high school um, and beyond. Uh, we also have the MET Professional Academy, which is the district's STEM-based honors program that allows students to really take a deep dive into um, the high demand fields of medical, engineering, cybersecurity, and bioscience. Um, with mentoring that they receive from industry professionals. And finally, we have a, a strong partnership with WestMEC, which offers our juniors and seniors students in our districts uh, some unique programming that we can't necessarily offer at the high school levels, like aviation mechanics, uh, veterinarian science, cosmetology, those types of things. So um, that's, uh, in a nutshell, the different areas that I oversee as the career and tech ed director here in Peoria. Yeah, and something that's really great about CT and something that I think our district does so well is it does encompass so many things um, that whatever a student might be passionate about for, um, after high school, there is an option there for them. And they're really getting that exposure to some of those careers they may be pursuing later down the road. Right. Uh, for those that may not know, what is like the number one goal of any of our CTE programs here in the district? So really in our... CTE programs, we are trying to um, provide experiences to students within each of our programs to help them really understand what a career pathway um, may look like if they choose to continue on after high school um, down a particular path, and also to help them develop um, both um, critical skills in content areas as well as professional skills so that they can be successful um, 
in their post-secondary plans. So um, within the 25 CT programs that we offer, um, we have things like industry certifications available for students, um, dual enrollment, college credits. Um, we also offer um, hands-on laboratory experiences that utilize state-of-the-art industry standard tools and equipment and software to ensure that we're in alignment with industry in each of our programs. So as they go through and continue um, start their seventh, eighth grade year and exploring and continue to go in further depth, they're really getting uh, a true understanding of what it may look like if they continue to go down that particular career path. Yeah. And when you talk about those pathways, I know, um, Something that, again, is really unique about us, especially with having that TLC program for junior high students, is some of those pathways begin for our students when they're in seventh and eighth grade, where they're just being exposed to what CTE may look like at a high school level, either through that actual coursework in TLC or through my life day. And so you really start to plant those seeds for them very early on, so that for some of our students who already know that they want to be an engineer one day, they can really, really start to delve into that. Or for our kids who don't necessarily know what they want to do after high school and after college, um, kind of some exposure to different career paths that could be available to them. Right. They start exploring and, and, and you really being able to rule out some career pathways is also very important. Being able to um, do some self-assessments and match up their skills and interest to other career pathways is, is another um, big piece of what we do in our CTE classes. Um, so they start exploring in seventh, eighth grade uh, TLC. And then um, as completers within our CTE programs in high school, they end with a work-based learning component, which could include anything from an internship to a clinical experience, field experience, or um, project collaboration with uh, industry stakeholders. Right. And those um, those real world experiences that they're starting to gain too, it gives them such a leg up for whatever. If after high school, they're going to go right into a trade school or start their career right away, they already have that leg up with um, some network connections and some things like that, that really just kind of set our students and our graduates apart from other people entering the workforce. Aside from that, are there any other major benefits you see from our students completing coursework in the CTE program, whether it is the Met Professional Academy, Westmec, or even those pathways you talked about earlier? Yeah, I mean, there's just really such a, a breadth of offering within our, our district um, between all the different programs that we have. With the Met Professional Academy, um, the students really get to dive deep and work alongside um, industry professionals and be mentored by um, industry mentors. And they really get to kind of take it to the next level. They're there for a half a day all year long for, for two years for most of the programs. So um, those students really, really get to dive deep and um, learn about what, it, what it's going to be like, get ahead with some college credits and those types of things. And then within all of our CTE programs, we have um, what we call 
our career and technical student organizations or CTSOs. And these provide students an opportunity um, to demonstrate the skills that they've learned, whether it be content-based skills or um, professional-based skills. Those, those, those skills are so important regardless of what career pathway they go into, being able to communicate, collaborate, critically think. Um, students are able to utilize those skills and practice them in our courses and then compete and uh, in our CTSOs um, that align with our programs. And they do that on the local, um, state, and international level. So it's a great opportunity for them to um, showcase those skills before they leave high school. Yeah, and those competitions too, that is kind of an invaluable soft skill that they're gaining through that process. Um, for some of our students who might be in FBLA, which is the Future Business Leaders of America, those competitions look really similar to like your capstone project you complete at the end of your undergraduate degree. And so they really are gaining these skills and these processes that stick with them throughout the rest of their career. And they really do, they get that really good development and foundation when they're in high school through a lot of those programs. And I know you also brought up the mentors and those are just great lifelong connections for a lot of our students who maybe they don't talk to them for a couple of years um, when they're going through their undergraduate. But when it's time for an internship again, they already have some of those connections in place as well. Um, I know that we have one of the best CTE programs in the state of Arizona. Uh, is there anything in particular that you credit to making our program just such a standout amongst so many other great programs here? Yeah, I think it's a, a couple of things. First off, I believe one of the most important things that makes uh, Peoria Unified CTE program so successful is our district's continued commitment to alignment with our industry and post-secondary and community partners. Uh, many of our industries that we align with are changing rapidly uh, due to technological advances. Think of fields like cybersecurity, automation and robotics, or even automotive. Um, and without their support um, through our advisory boards and our partnerships, it would be very difficult for our educators to stay up with industry demand. So, so those are really crucial in making sure that we're staying um, relevant and uh, rigorous with what's currently going on in industry. Um, the second thing I would say is uh, Pure Unify has amazing CTE teachers that commit to providing students with well-rounded experiences that prepare them both academically and professionally. And I think CTE teachers really know the impact that they can have on students and they, they spend countless hours um, supporting students' efforts through different uh, development with project-based learning, as well as helping them network with industry professionals, preparing for those CTSO competitions, whatever it is, um, our teachers go above and beyond. And I think that uh, really allows Peoria to stay on top with our CTE programs. Definitely. And, you know, I participated in a lot of our CTE programs when I was a student and it, one of the things that I always thought was so, so special about a lot of our CTE teachers is they were not coming in as just educators. A lot of them, they had experience in the field that they were in. They were either business leaders or engineers, and this is kind of a career change for them to now be a teacher, but that 
um, knowledge and that background they have is just so beneficial for our students and really allows them to talk to someone who has some of that experience and knows the positives and negatives of any career that um, a student might potentially follow through. Yeah, I think it's it's always great when, you know, you, you can say you've lived through it, you know, things change, but here's, you know, what I did or here's the pathway that I know um, people have gone through that I've worked with. And then for those who, who didn't necessarily come from industry, that's, you know, why the partnerships with industry can be so very important. So they may have not lived it themselves, but we bring in those partners to um, make sure that whatever is happening in industry, we're um, privy to that information and, and we're kind of following that guidance as we develop our curriculum and our, our projects and those types of things. Definitely. And I know you mentioned also our advisory boards that we have with our CTE program. Can you share a little bit about what those look at look like and what they're comprised of? Sure. So um, we have advisory boards for every one of our programs within our CTE um, department and uh, it can be industry partners. It can be our post-secondary partners, both at the community college level, um, the university level or some technical schools. Um, are part of our advisory boards and then maybe just uh, community members that are going to help our students engage in community projects and uh, um, community service and those types of things. So we get together formally uh, twice a year. We just had our fall advisory board meeting. And um, at that time, we really um, do a couple things uh, at these meetings. We share out uh, where we're at and some updates and we usually have students do that so at our advisory board meeting we had some culinary students um, talk about the dinner that they prepared for everybody we had um, some of our teachers talk about partnerships that they have been involved with and what it's meant the impact it's had on their classrooms um, and then we do breakout sessions and in the breakout sessions um, students first talk about um, their experiences so our uh, industry partners can hear directly from them and then they leave and do a student advisory board meeting and that's really in the breakout sessions where um, the important discussions and collaboration and brainstorming take place um, by each program to discuss um, where they're at in terms of any everything from what equipment they're using to the software that they're utilizing to what's going on with different industry trends that might change the curriculum that we're doing. Um, over the summer, we offer teacher externships to where they can go and um, work with some of our industry partners. So we talk about that. Um, the instructors let the industry partners know what's coming up and, and what they can be involved and engaged in everything from guest speakers to providing different workshops, um, competition prep. And so they're really um, reaching out and letting them know what it is they can do to engage. And for every industry and post-secondary partner, it's going to be different. Some of them are going to be able to offer internships to our students. Some are not. Some can come in and guest speak. Some might be able to um, do some curriculum alignment with us. So it, it really, there's so many different ways to engage um, that we just share what it is where our goals are and they share what's happening in industry and and they're able to collaborate and um, set some objectives and goals and action items 
um, that they work on. And then we meet again in the spring and kind of follow up on those and then go through the process again. Well, and one thing that I think is so um, mutually beneficial too within that relationship you have with the advisory board is granted, we are getting so many benefits from working with them. We're having the most cutting edge curriculum for our students and our students in turn are just benefiting so greatly, but also in turn, later on down the road, they now have a career pipeline and a recruitment pipeline of our former students. And they know that our students have the best education because they helped to kind of form some of that. And they helped to build out what that curriculum looks like. And so they know that their future employees are going to be so prepared, have a great work ethic and so many other awesome benefits due to that relationship and that partnership. Yeah, I think I think it's a great example of both industry and public education coming together to help shape the workforce of tomorrow um, that we are all going to um, be part of. So it's a it's a great opportunity for that. Yeah. And another really, I think, great thing about CTE programs um, throughout our district, especially if you look at building trades and engineering alone, you have students who as you mentioned, might after high school, either just get a job right away. They might go to a trade school. They might go to a four-year university, a community college. And for a lot of our students, CTE really opens up a world of possibilities that they didn't know were there for them prior to that. So that when they leave us, they are ready to become active members of our community in whatever way that looks like. Right. You know, we, we hope that we've helped guided them down a, a path that they continue on and they may not know exactly, you know, what they want to do. Many of us didn't, you know, when we graduated high school. But again, going through the process of ex exploration, um, being able to network with industry partners, get out there, get involved in their communities, give back. Um, it really gives them a lot of exposure to things that they wouldn't normally have um, if they weren't involved in these CTE programs. And it just sets them up uh, for future success in whatever it is they decide to do. I, I could not agree more. I can say from my own experience, I went through all of our engineering coursework. I had an internship my senior year in engineering. I went off to school to become an architectural engineer. And then I realized, oh, it's not the engineering part of it. It's the community part and that community connection you get. And um, so that's kind of what pivoted me into communications, but I still had all of that foundation and I just figured out a way that I really enjoyed applying it. Um, but a lot of those skills, like I mentioned earlier of having a strong work ethic, being able to present, building um, a network of other professionals around me are great skills that no matter if I continue in this role for the rest of my career or I take a pivot at some point, they're going to continue to help and support. And I know that's something that all of our alumni who go through our CTE programs get to carry with them throughout their careers as well. Yep, that's so true. We all we all kind of reach that point of of knowing what we want to do uh, for a career pathway at, at different points in our life. And so having those durable skills um, that we focus on so much starting in seventh grade through our high school CTE programs is, I think, what sticks with us most. 
Definitely. Um, Barb, before I let you go, I wanted to ask if there's anything else you wanted to share um, with our community, either about the benefits of CTE or some of the things we have coming down the pipeline and changes that maybe our community could see in the future. Sure. Um, you know, we're, we're really looking, we're, we really look at data, um, both at the local and national level to ensure that we have programming that's going to meet um, the demands for our area. So one thing that we're seeing um, kind of change the landscape in Arizona is an increase in um, advanced manufacturing with some microchip firms that are coming in and Intel's reinvestment in Chandler, as well as Arizona's becoming um, kind of a hotbed for electronic vehicle um, manufacturing uh, with Lucid Motors going um, into Casa Grande, as well as um, just the electronic vehicle components like core power that's going into Buckeye. So we, we continually look at and work with um, both our partners um, within Arizona Commerce and at the national level to make sure that we're going to be able to meet those demands. So we're excited to offer um, automation and robotics uh, now at two high schools instead of just one, both at Cactus and Peoria High School. And we are infusing um, electronic vehicle uh, curriculum into our automotive program. And we're starting with a pilot program at uh, Cactus High School in the spring. So excited to offer those. And um, as always, we are continuing to um, develop out our programming and continuously look for input from our um, industry and um, post-secondary and community partners. So just like to plug uh, to any of the listeners out there that we're always looking for um, additional support. So if there's uh, anyone who's interested in helping out with our CTE programming, please contact us because we're always looking to add uh, additional support. That is all um, so exciting. And I think one of the best parts of that is I read a statistic that most people, um, when they grow up, they move within a 10 mile radius of where they grew up. And so it is so exciting to hear that not only are we investing in that next generation and the next um, phase of our community, but that they're going to be prepared with jobs right here within our community as well. So they can continue to make that investment. Um, Barb, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to talk to you and learn a little bit more about our CTE programs. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Welcome back, Sylvia. We are so excited to have you here again to talk about how college is going so far and just kind of check in since the last time we spoke to you. To get started, how is, I mean, you're almost done with your first semester of college. How has that been uh, It so has far? been great. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, but yes, it has been, it has been great. It's been a lot. College is, college is a lot. <laughs> It is. It's a big um, life change and it is exciting and confusing and just so many big emotions. Is it, were you expecting everything that you have had happen this semester so far or has it been some eye-opening events as oh, well? 100% eye-opening events. I have found so many new people had so many new experiences I never would have expected and I never would have anticipated having the opportunity to 
be a part of. So it's been a lot, it's been a lot of things I didn't expect, which is kind of nice. Yeah. And I know at least I trying to remember back to my first semester of college, there was a lot of like um, activities and groups and organizations I joined in that first um, part of college that were unexpected for me. Have you joined any clubs or organizations there? Yes, I've joined a, a couple of clubs here and there for engineers, like Society of Women Engineers, Institute for Industrial Engineers. And I've also had the blessing of being able to be a researcher at the Luminosity Lab here at ASU. That is amazing. I, those research opportunities, they go so far. And also some of those organizations too, they create such good um, mentorship pipelines for you. Um, I started off in an engineering major. And so that Society of Women Engineers, even though I didn't end up as an engineering major, um, was just such a great resource, especially um, having a group of women who are in a similar field as you, who have taken some of those classes. It's just such a great organization to be a part of. Um, I know you, last time you spoke, um, you were getting ready to graduate and you just felt so excited and so prepared um, for this next stage of your life. How, how were you feeling when it came time to actually start at ASU and kind of begin that journey? You know, I think I, I was very much, I had the right to feel prepared when I, when I left and when I graduated and I, I really had the opportunity to prepare myself, but there is no such thing as being prepared for college. I think that there were so many things I didn't anticipate that were so much better than I expected or just different and nothing, nothing was worse than what I expected, which was, which was good very much a blessing. But I would say that there were many things I did not expect about college. And I definitely thought I knew it all. <laughs> and do you mind sharing maybe what some of oh, those absolutely. things were? So for example, I, I have been, um, well, my, all my classes originally, just first off, they are college level classes for sure. And even though I took dual enrollment, I mean, nothing, nothing beats walking to class from your dorm and it takes two minutes instead of driving 20 minutes. That alone is different. All these small little in-between things like going to the dining hall whenever I want to eat lunch instead of a schedule telling me or having to find time to participate in these clubs and do my research for the luminosity lab on my own time instead of having it scheduled out for me. I think some of those things caught me a little bit off guard, but it was it was really exciting. Definitely. And I when you bring up the dining hall, I remember one of my most favorite experiences um, and probably one my mom is most disappointed in me in is going to the dining hall. And there would be a couple times where I was like, oh, I'm really stressed about this quiz I have coming up or this exam. I don't really feel like I can eat, but you know what I can always eat is just like the giant ice cream oh, cone, yes. like the biggest <laughs> amount of ice cream I can fit on that cone was what I was going to have for lunch that day. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are, especially um, that transitional period of you're out on your own for your the first time. And it is a lot of creating your own schedule. And I know um, as a MET student, you kind of had a little experience of that, of you started your day out at your home school and then you drove over to the MET, but it, nothing quite is the same as that experience of, oh, on Monday, it only have two hours of classes. And on Wednesday, 
you know, I have those two hours plus a, one other class. And it's just, it's a little different than anything you've been used to having had been in yeah, high school. Absolutely. And, and I think that I can credit the Met to much of the preparation that I felt and much of being prepared. I definitely didn't walk in unprepared. That's for sure. But yeah, like just having those little freedoms, like you said, just little parts of your day that, um, look different now that, that you have to manage now. It's, it's crazy and it's awesome. Yeah. And I know, um, you are definitely one of those overachievers who did dual enrollment in high school, who was a part of the Met Professional Academy. Is there anything in particular when you look back at your high school years, especially having a little more context now that you've experienced college, that you really credit to why you felt so prepared, um, maybe for some of those higher level courses and things like that? Certainly, yeah. I think that the Met helped me understand things like the soft skills, the importance of soft skills, the importance of um, taking on a leadership role and reading a room and seeing when is a good time for you to be a leader and when do you need to follow the established leader. And time management was a huge thing I learned at Met that carried over. You know, all of the Met is is project based or as much as is possible is project based, and that helped me you know, take those little nuggets of time and turn them into something productive, turn them into something that um, made sense for me. So definitely time management and networking. That was a huge thing at Met that helped me here, just talking to people and getting to know people and not being afraid of people. (laughs) Yeah, well, in ASU, I think, um, especially growing up in the Valley, it's really easy to forget. It is one of the largest universities, not just in our country, but in the entire world. And so it is that networking piece is huge to be able to, um, you know, you still know some of your friends from high school, you still have some of those old connections, but how much they grow, especially in that first semester where you are introduced to people who have come from all over the country, all over the world. And it just is kind of a huge moment of oh my gosh, I thought Liberty was huge. This is that times a hundred. Yeah. And, and it's, it's almost overwhelming at the thought of trying to talk to everybody or meet everybody. But I, yeah, I think clubs, you know, like we were talking about before and just being open to everything. Um, that, that was another thing I think I learned at the Met being open to meeting people and, and understanding people as individuals, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, um, too, I mean, you are very, very passionate about, um, your major, which is such a gift to have. And I know some of that was certainly fostered while you were at the Met Professional Academy. Can you talk about having kind of this leg up maybe on some other first year engineering students? What has that kind of helped you with maybe in some of your classes? I think One of the main things, like I said, was time management. I think that was a huge leg up. I think, and networking really. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I really think that a lot of first year students in college, everybody is on their own journey and they learn things in their own time. And I think that getting to have that little boost right at the beginning of my college experience, just not having to worry about that aspect as much, that was a huge boost. That was very helpful when I started college. 
Yeah. And you mentioned you're a part of a research lab. Can you share a little bit about some of the work you're doing there and how it aligns to your future career endeavors? Certainly. So actually, uh, I just participated in a competition um, representing the lab and we we won that competition. But basically, we're looking to create uh, an innovative note taking app. So that has been incredible because it incorporates the engineering side, the computer science and the industrial engineering side of what I want to do with the education side of what I want to do. And the lab was very supportive. And in fact, I just got off of a meeting talking about that very thing. And I am just constantly in awe of the support there and how they encouraged us to pursue what we're passionate about and pursue what we care about, not just what our majors are. That was that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was just talking to someone about this the other day. It's kind of that idea of when you're able to apply your learning, it means so, so much more and it sticks with you so much longer. Um, you know, you can learn all of these theories in your calculus classes that you're taking and, um, in chemistry and OCHEM, but once you really get to see how they're applied and the impact that they make, then when it's five, 10 years down the road and you're having to apply them again, it comes so much more naturally to you than if you just were doing that rote memorization almost. I would certainly agree. And yeah, like it's, it's amazing the way that when it's, there's no pressure to do it when it's not an assignment to do, you totally utilize everything that you've learned. I've, I've used UML modeling or diagramming from my FSC 100 class, or even my English classes at Liberty, I've learned, oh, maybe don't use passive voice when I'm <laughs> writing this technical report or presenting. I've taken all the things I've learned at the Met. And it's not like anybody told me to do that or anybody assigned that to me or is grading me on it. It's just genuine knowledge and skills that I get to apply. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of that empowerment you have. Um, you know, I, like I said, I started off in engineering. So naturally I have a lot of engineering friends who one of them, um, she works at Garmin now helping to figure out supply chain issues and applying that. And she has even admitted, you know, she did not like taking some of those classes. She did not <laughs> enjoy Calc one, two or three, but now she applies them and she kind of gets to see that math working in real life. And it kind of comes off the page a little bit and once you have your passion behind what you're doing, it makes it so much more fun and so much more engaging for yourself. hundred percent. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, so I know we are coming up on finals and I know that is <laughs> not an exciting time for anyone, but how are you, how are you feeling going into those are you feeling like, especially with your note-taking app, that you have all of the notes and all of the tools you kind of need to be successful heading into those? You know, I must say, I, I find myself wishing that my note-taking app would make itself faster than I can make it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think that there's there was a lot of um, study tactics I've used from high school to help me get prepared. And a lot of study tactics that I learned from 
older women in society, women engineers who, you know, were like, oh, I remember taking that class. Here's what you want to do. So I think there's, I think overall, I do feel pretty good about them. Obviously, you know, start studying a lot earlier than I used to, uh, just because it's so much content and so much of it is learned on your own. So a lot of adaptations, but the same general skills. And it makes me feel very confident when I walk into my finals, for sure. That is so exciting. And I, going back to that networking piece, it, it is those organizations that you join when you're in college, A, once you leave college, you have this huge professional network you can lean on to help find a job or um, anything like that. But also while you're in college, the kind of support they give you when it comes to those finals, when it comes to, hey, I've already tried this and this necessarily didn't work perfectly for me. Maybe try it this way. And it's just it is it is such a support that it never um, leaves you necessarily, which is such an amazing gift. Absolutely. Um, when you're looking back, I know um, last time we talked about looking back on high school and anything you would share, you know, maybe with your younger self or someone who's considering joining the Met or anything like that. Is there anything you would share um, with maybe a high school senior who is in the midst of filling out all those college applications right now um, about either what you looked for in a college or just some of those things you wish you had thought about? when you were in those shoes? I, I think one, one major thing that comes to mind when you ask that question, I think is, I wish I could go back and tell myself to you know, take a breath, you know, it's, it's okay. And, and filling out all of those applications is so stressful and making all of these life decisions is incredibly overwhelming. And at times it can be all consuming and take over your whole life. And I certainly did for me on many days, and I think that just the advice that, hey, you're still a senior, you're still an individual living, you're not just an application, you're not just a resume or an essay, you are still a person living life. I think that is one thing that I would like to recommend because at the end of the day, you will end up in a college, you will go to a college and you'll be where you're supposed to be and you'll meet amazing people, you'll join organizations and you'll pick a major and it will all eventually come into play. So. I think for, for anybody who is applying and is stressed about it, that is one major piece of advice I would like to give to them and just comfort in knowing that it will all come into fruition the way it is supposed to. Yeah. And that, that is such a great piece of advice. I can remember, um, back on filling out all of those applications and I was so desperate to like, my one goal was to get to a college out of state. And I did that. And swiftly after that, transferred to a college back in state because as much as I thought <laughs> I had all of the answers, I once I was there, you you change your perspective, and so it is kind of just giving yourself that grace to recognize I'm in this transitional period of life. I am going to try a million and one things, and maybe half of those stick, and so. Um, just kind of giving yourself the grace to navigate through that. And for as much as high school can prepare you for the real world. And Sylvia, you are a great example of how absolutely prepared you can be. There are still so many things that until you're experiencing them for yourself, you never necessarily recognize um, some of those growth opportunities. Yes, a, a thousand times. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's absolutely true. 
Yeah. And I know, like we said, we're, we're nearing the end of that first semester. Is there anything that you are excited and looking forward to um, either next semester and continuing the work on your app and in your lab, or maybe for being a year two engineering student and getting prepared for some of those internships? You know, I think all of the above. I have definitely a zeal for life, definitely um, renewed passions and getting to be in a new area, a new context, something different, something exciting. Um, I think I'm really, I'm really just excited to continue in my major. And I, I've definitely found engineering as a, a medium for what I want to do, a medium for my passion. So um, I think that getting to just build that tool set to hopefully make an impact later on, just the idea of that is so exciting, so amazing. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to that next semester and beyond. That is so exciting. And I think um, something that maybe gets lost sometimes when you're in STEM is how creative the work you get to do is and how exciting it is. And especially where you're at right now, I can only say it gets so much more exciting and innovative. Um, especially, you know, I can think of my friend who she works for a post, the postal service, figuring out, okay, we have these supply chain issues. How are we going to make sure Christmas still happens? <laughs> um, and so some of those tools that she learned in high school, she's still applying today and especially the tools she gained in college. Um, so it is just so exciting to be able to kind of sit down with you and talk about some of the ways you are finding that problem solving in your everyday life um, to make yours and your classmates and your peers' lives um, a little bit easier and a little bit more stress-free, uh, especially with those finals that you have coming up. Well, it, Sylvia, you. again, it was a joy to speak with you today um, and talk a little bit about college and how everything is going. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you for having me. Trending Peoria is produced by Peoria Unified on a bi-weekly basis. A special thank you to our communications and public relations team, including Danielle Airy, Aaron Dunsey, Jacob Stanick, David Colley, Marquita Strunk, and Sarah Meredith. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter at Peoria Unified 11, on Facebook at Peoria School District, and to stay up to date on trending Peoria, subscribe, rate, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.